Luke 9, verses 28 to 45. Now about eight days after these sayings, he took with him Peter and John and James and went up on the mountain to pray. And as he was praying, the appearance of his face was altered, and his clothing became dazzling white. And behold, two men were talking with him, Moses and Elijah, who appeared in glory and spoke of his departure, which he was about to accomplish at Jerusalem. Now Peter and those who were with him were heavy with sleep, but when they became fully awake, they saw his glory and the two men who stood with him. And as the men were parting from him, Peter said to Jesus, Master, it is good that we are here. Let us make three tents, one for you and one for Moses and one for Elijah, not knowing what he said. As he was saying these things, a cloud came and overshadowed them, and they were afraid as they entered the cloud. And a voice came out of the cloud, saying, This is my son, my chosen one. Listen to him. And when the voice had spoken, Jesus was found alone. And they kept silent and told no one in those days anything of what they had seen. On the next day, when they had come down from the mountain, a great crowd met him. And behold, a man from the crowd cried out, Teacher, I beg you to look at my son. For he's my only child, and behold, a spirit seizes him, and he suddenly cries out. It convulses him so that he foams at the mouth and shatters him, and will hardly leave him. And I begged your disciples to cast it out, but they could not. Jesus answered, O faithless and twisted generation, how long am I to be with you and bear with you? Bring your son here. While he was coming, the demon threw him to the ground and convulsed him. But Jesus rebuked the unclean spirit and healed the boy and gave him back to his father. And all were astonished at the majesty of God. But while they were all marveling at everything he was doing, Jesus said to his disciples, let these words sink into your ears. The son of man is about to be delivered into the hands of men. But they did not understand the saying, and it was concealed from them so that they might not perceive it. And they were afraid to ask him about this saying. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. All right. Barry, Yo. Barbar, welcome Yo. back to the chair. Always good to be back. Always good to be back. Always. So three, uh, three, well, really like two stories and then kind of like a half story, Jesus for telling his death. Yeah. And, uh, you know, a, a huge story, the transfiguration. Right. Very, you know, kind of like out of the line of what we've seen happening. You know, we're, we're used to at this point seeing public miracles and healings and feeding people and now jesus goes up um just with this inner circle of peter john and james and there's this really insane episode mm. it says the appearance of his face was altered and uh that word for appearance is it's very like you know synonymous with form and like external appearance mm. and so um it's it's hard to like imagine exactly what that means but yeah, yeah. Sounds pretty significant. Hmm. His clothing becomes dazzling white. Uh, Moses and Elijah show up for the party. And, you know, it's there's a lot to make of there. And then right. comes back down. Uh, the disciples have been unable to heal this boy. And Jesus gets really frustrated. Um, hmm. I personally believe that that, oh, faithless and twisted generation, that that's kind of directed towards uh, his disciples who've, hmm. who've basically... Um, you know, Jesus gave them power to mm. go throughout the land and mm. do these wondrous things. And they've already lost the the root of it. 
And so, um, and then he heals him, and then he foretells his death. So, Barrett, a lot here. What do you make of all this? There is a whole lot here, and I, I don't know, you know, in a in a 10-minute or so ODR that we're going to be able to cover all of it. I, I bet we can. I well, bet, I bet okay. we can fully right. explain it. We're going to take a, we're going to take a stab. <laughs> so, the Transfiguration is a fascinating story, and... The thing that is, uh, there's so much going on here, but the thing that is jumping out at to, out to me as, as we read it is the Exodus. Okay, mm-hmm. there is so much going on about the Exodus that is in that is in this passage. I mean, not only do you have Moses himself who who comes and yeah. stands with Jesus, but you also have you also have that they are on a mountain. Mm-hmm. And a cloud comes and covers them. Hmm. I mean, this is like direct Sinai vibes. Yeah, like direct it. Sinai vibes with Moses <laughs> up on the mount, up on the mountain, and the the cloud that covers them is the presence of God. And at one point, like Moses went up there for forty days and forty nights mm-hmm. and was like totally consumed. And that was the whole story about how you know he asked to see God, and God like put him in the cleft of the rock and then passed in front of him and, and allowed him to see like the backside. Mm-hmm. of him and 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 all that happened up on the mountain. Mm-hmm. And so um very much like this is a this is an extreme like Shekinah glory presence of God mm-hmm. moment that has very rich and thick overtones from the book of Exodus yeah, and that is going on here. To that point, um for anyone who's not convinced, the it, it says in 31 uh, Moses and Elijah who appeared in glory and spoke of of his, of Jesus' departure, which he was about to accomplish at Jerusalem. So that's interesting. But that that Greek word for departure is exodus. 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 That sounds a lot like exodus. <laughs> it sure does, Barrett. <laughs> and in fact, if you were to go read the book of Hebrews, which, uh, you know, talks about this stuff or, you know, anywhere else, that that the Exodus is talked about in Greek. This is the word that's used, and yeah. then um, then there's another really interesting connection. Peter wants to build three tents for Moses, Elijah, and Jesus. Mm. And you know, uh, growing up, I always kind of pictured like he literally wanted to get like three REI tents out of the bag <laughs> and like <laughs> like throw them up. Go to the REI store. Yeah, 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 yeah exactly. Yeah. Um, but another really interesting thing is is that that word is is the Greek word uh, that's used to refer to the tabernacle. Tabernacle. So if you go read Hebrews, uh, which talks a lot about the tabernacle and you know the sort of the origins of you know the the Israelite religion, uh, that is the word for tabernacle. And so, well, and interesting that Moses was on the mountain, and that's where God gave him the law. And he comes back. I mean, you remember the whole scene with like Aaron was down there with the people and like they make the golden calf. He yep. comes down and he gets angry. That whole thing happens. And, you know, the the tablets that he was given, it was two tablets. One of those tablets was placed in the Ark of the Covenant, which was in the Holy of Holies in the tabernacle. So, I mean, mm. the whole thing is like, this is almost like a reenactment of the Exodus story or or yeah. you know part of the exodus story in a in a big way yep and i i mean i you know just to like carry out the exodus theme in this passage you you have um you know this moses figure who is jesus and and moses was the chosen one he was the anointed one you know i mean god meets him at the burning bush and he is the one that's chosen to go to the people of israel yep. 
and to free them out and to cause this exodus, yeah. this departure out of Egypt. Yeah. And, you know, and I mean, part of this is drawing on the, such thick language in the Old Testament and in Exodus that now Jesus is the chosen one. He is the anointed one. You know, I mean, this happened first at his baptism where you get the same exact language at the, at Jesus's baptism where, um, you know, this is my beloved son with whom I'm well pleased. And then you have the same kind of language going on here. So it's almost like God bringing Jesus up, transfiguring him and showing that this is the chosen one. This is anointed one. And he is the one that's going to lead my people out of Egypt once again. But yep. it's not to defeat the Pharaoh, it's to defeat the curse of sin. Amen. And, you know, I, I think it's so important that Moses and Elijah are here. You know, in the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus says, do not think I've come to abolish the law or the prophets. Right. And Moses is the, he's the figurehead, he's the face of the law. You know, yep. he, he's the face on the coin. And Elijah is the face of the prophets. Yep. And so whenever you see Moses and Elijah, you're looking at, you know, to poster Hebrew boys. people, they are the yeah. poster boys of the law and the prophets. Jesus says, don't think I've come to abolish the law and the prophets. I've come to fulfill That's right. them. I haven't come to abolish Moses yeah. and Elijah. I've come to fulfill them. And so this is a really interesting scene where, you know, basically Moses is talking to Jesus about the, the exodus that he's going to do. Yeah. And that is like, that brings so much color and like vibrancy yeah. to this passage. You know, recently I finished my story class and it went great, mm. but rave reviews, you know? Yeah. Rave th- reviews. I appreciate that. Will. <laughs> I mean, that's all I'm looking for. But, um, you know, uh, one point that I make in there is, is that you really can't understand Jesus if you don't understand the old Testament. And uh-huh. this is, this is a case in point passage where it's like, you know, we grew up, you know, we may have had like REI tents in our mind or, you know, something, but like, we, we just kind of think like, this is just like a cool story where like Jesus turns like really bright yeah. and his clothes get white. Cause he can. And it's like, yeah. yeah. Cause yeah. he's like super powerful, yeah. you know, or whatever. But that's not the point of the passage. Like the point of the passage is it's connecting to this really rich redemptive history, this story that God has been unfolding throughout centuries and centuries. And it's leading up to this incredibly climactic point, which references verses 45, 44 and 45 that you read earlier. And it's the, the death that he is going to deliver, you know, men and women, humans, people from their sin. But the way that, I mean, the, the great irony is that he's not Moses that like leads the people out He's actually the lamb that is slaughtered and put on the doorpost of all the of all the uh, people's yeah. houses, yeah. and that's how they are delivered. So, mm-hmm. in order for all of us to be delivered, as it says in uh, in verse forty four, uh, it says the Son of Man is about to be delivered into the hands of men. So, the way that we are delivered is that Jesus is delivered into the hands of men, and He gives Himself up as a lamb to be sent to the slaughter. Yeah. And I think that that exactly what you're talking about is the fulfillment of the law and the prophets. Like Jesus is not just another Moses, but he leading the people out. He is the lamb on the door, making a way for the people to get out. And he's not just Elijah delivering the word of God to the people. He is the word of God to the people. Yeah. And, and so it's, he takes their, their office that both of them filled and, uh, he is the fullness of the office from beginning to end. Yeah. And, you know, I also think what we see here is 
Jesus, he's setting up the birth of the church hmm. because basically he, he brings his, his apostles along. And, you know, like you said, like, I think we can sort of grow up with this understanding and, and hold this understanding like, oh, Jesus, you know, he had this really cool trick. He just wanted to show to like a few friends and yep. like, he's like, guys, watch this and right. transfigure. But really like he, he's taking, you know, Peter, John and James, three pivotal, pivotal fathers of the church. Right. And he, he basically demonstrates the, the fulfillment of the law and prophets, but they don't get it, you know, and the text tells us Peter right. doesn't even know what he's talking about. Yeah. And then, you know, he foretells his death and it's concealed. To be fair, they like, he conceals it from them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's a little he, unfair. Yeah, exactly. So it's, yeah, yeah. it's concealed and they don't get it. But then when he brings these things to pass, you know, later in the gospel accounts, we're told that Jesus from the beginning to the end of the scriptures, he explains how it all points to him. That's right. And so it's almost like he's pouring a bunch of lighter fluid on on the the fire pit. And yeah. when he resurrects, like the resurrection is the match drop into yeah. the fire. Yeah. And, and then we have the epistles and we have Hebrews and, you know, we have all these books and revelation, all these books and letters that basically are the apostles getting it, mm. you know? And so yeah, I, yeah. I think that this even points forward to where we are now as the church is, Jesus is building it here at yeah. the transfiguration. That's right. Yeah. And I mean, passages like Ephesians 2 talks about how, you know, the church is built on the foundation of the, of the prophets and the apostles. Revelation 22 at the very end of, of the Bible also references the same thing. And so there's this huge, there's this connection between, you know, Moses and Elijah, Jesus being what I would call the true Israel and the fulfillment of the law and the prophets and then moving into the church. So as we wrap it up, Will, I just want to I just want to touch real quick on Jesus healing the boy, that little story in between. Yep. And I think what this is what this is showing is, you know, Jesus is essentially leading leading this boy out of Egypt. Mm. Like he is bound by the enemy. He's bound by this curse of sin that is that is literally like, you know, possessing his very person. Mm. And Jesus comes in uh, it's kind of interesting that he he rebukes his disciples, but then he 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 casts out the the demon. And so, when when the true Israel comes and the true departure happens, you start to see all this evil being pushed out, mm -hmm. and the kingdom is like is like invading enemy territory, if you will. And the enemy is has to obey and is and is pushed yeah. out, and the kingdom is coming. So yeah, and and there's a word of warning because you know. Basically, this this helpless father says, "I begged your disciples to cast it out, but they could not." Now we've seen a couple chapters ago, Jesus. Actually, no, sorry, at the beginning of this chapter, Jesus sends out the apostles and, and right. gives them the spirit and the authority to do these works. And so we're not told in the story why they were not able to, but we are given clues. And it's not because they weren't given the authority or ability to, mm. but you know, we can we can infer like there might have been self-reliance or pride yeah. or whatever. And it actually stood in the way of them being a part of the Exodus. That's right. And so yeah. you know, I, I think that's a good word to us to mm. to close on is um you, you know, self-reliance and, and you know, forsaking the Holy Spirit and working with our own hands. Yeah. Uh, to build the kingdom of God actually stands in the way uh, of the Exodus. And as That's Jesus right. says, it's faithless and twisted. That's right. And so, you know, may we be people who, who rely on the spirit and are astonished at the majesty of God. Um, 
as these people were. So a great word from the transfiguration, and we're going to continue in chapter nine tomorrow. For Barrett Fisher, this is Will Carlisle, and we will see you tomorrow on Our Daily Rhythm. Thanks for listening to Our Daily Rhythm. I'm Jason Dees, one of the pastors of Christ's Covenant, and Our Daily Rhythm is a ministry of our church designed to help you more faithfully and effectively meditate on God's Word. If you ever have a question for us about one of our Bible readings or one of your own Bible readings, please don't hesitate to text us at 404-465-1737. Again, that's 404-465-1737. Or email me directly at jason at christcovenant.com. We'll meet you again tomorrow for Our Daily Rhythm.